Ducks fans, are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along my co-host, Eddie Richard, and we are back. I know it's been a couple of weeks, but uh, we're ready to talk about the Ducks and how they've been playing after the All-Star break. I know a lot of people are concerned. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the All-Star game, and we will go into, obviously, the trade deadline, more like crazy rumors, uh, especially about uh, Zegris and, and some of the other guys as well that we'll, we'll discuss and we'll talk about like what's wrong in Anaheim. Uh, should there be a change? A lot of you are very concerned with the Ducks' play as of late, and uh, well, you know, it just hasn't been going great, uh, honestly. And we'll talk a little bit about some league news as well. But uh, before we get started, Eddie, as we always talk about, what are you drinking? Oh, I changed it up this time. I'm drinking Michelob Ultra. A tall can of that. I, of course, had my pink Whitney shots. I can't start a podcast without that. Mike, seriously, we have to get an alcohol sponsor as much as we drink on these shows. We should get some kind of a get some kind of payment or discount on alcohol to drink it on their show for fun. That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> so, what are you drinking, Mike? What's your your poison of choice for this show? Uh, I've been ch- I changed it up lately, so I've been doing Asahi and Sapporo lately. I don't know why I've just been kind of on that kick lately, so I- I've been mixing it up. I still do my you know Red Bull vodkas here and there, but but yeah, I've uh, mixed it up a little bit lately. <laughs> Whoa, I didn't even expect you to say that. I did have Sapporo though. My brother took me to a place in Victoria Gardens. They had a great happy hour, two dollars and fifty cents Sapporo beers. So I drank those. That was pretty cool. But yeah, that kind of surprised me. Next time on the show, I'll get some some hot uh, some hot sake and drink that with you. <laughs> sake bomb time, baby. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I almost forgot what podcast I was on. It feels like we haven't been on a show in forever. Like, holy shit. I know. I uh, it was hitting up by our boy Jesse too. Uh, just to remind you guys that we're part of the Old City Sports Network, and I was like, oh yeah, we got to do another show. We haven't done one in a while, but uh, you know, we kind of kind of wanted to wait for the Ducks to finish that road trip, uh, see see what happened on it. Uh, you know, it did end on a good note, thankfully, but that was a, a crazy road trip, and and we'll talk about that, uh, and, and obviously a lot of a lot of other stuff that's been going on. But uh, you know, when we left. The last show was the All Star break, and uh, that's that's where you know we came out of this. Um, I, I don't know. I guess just a little bit about it, Eddie. It was like, what what was your take really on the All Star break? I mean, I, I saw Bertrano in there getting a couple goals. I like that. Um, obviously, his team didn't win; they got knocked out. Like, wh- what did you think about the All Star weekend? I know we're both like you know always wanting to change stuff, but anything you want to share about what happened before we dive into the Ducks play? Yeah, I, I still think the All Star the All Star game is kind of like a joke, and it sucks that they make the players go. But like some notable things that really stood out is Michael Bublé. You guys, uh, the singer. If you guys don't know him, you guys can look him up on Google. He's probably one of the most famous singers in the world. He's a big Vancouver Canucks fan. He he was kind of out of it during the draft. He's he wasn't following directions properly. They told him he has to pick a goalie. He goes and picks a a different a person, a winger. He was just he seemed lost out there. Like, okay, I'm thinking this guy just had a great weekend. He's over here. He loves hockey. This guy's a true fan. You listen, he just talks about it. So, you know, he's probably just hung over. We've all been there. Done that. You can ask Corey Perry. Um, but <laughs> but it turns out on his press, uh, during his little press thing, 
the, they're asking him questions, and he starts just volunteering information, saying that one of his friends gave him a, I guess it's called a macro dose. I called it a micro. It's a macro dose of mushrooms. Um, but a, apparently, he said his friend gave him a macro dose, but he ended up giving a lot more than he should have took. So Michael Bublé is over here admitting to the world that he took an illegal narcotic, which I believe is a it's a felony in United States and Canada. But hey, he's a superstar, so who gives a shit? And it made some great entertainment. Uh, entertainment he was just so out of it talking about how if the team fails he failed because he's a he's a all-star the celebrity coach if they succeed he succeeds that was entertaining to me and that was probably the most the best moment in the all-star game i've ever seen besides uh, cuba getting jr being drunk on stage throwing the m-bombs and stuff and forgetting the players names that was pretty good another highlight was the women's three on three they got that big stage and they didn't uh they didn't like, waste it they just showed what they could do a lot of physicality some of their games i've caught some highlights and, and watched some game recaps and it seems like they're hitting more uh than the men's uh nhl uh, league right now is so it's a shout out to them and hopefully that keeps uh keep going in their success one more thing i wanted to point out with the all-star game is Sidney crosby he pretty much said F it. He skipped the draft, skipped the skills competition. During the draft, he was out there on the lake practicing, shooting, and stuff like that. He deserves it. I know a lot, I think, forgot which analyst said it, but I guess the league was upset about him kind of skipping out on all the events and stuff like that. But, I mean, that, that just goes to show, give these players a, a choice. If they want to attend, they don't. I'm sure if you go down the list of players, uh, there's sure players that want to go, some players don't. So, yeah, um, one well, I'll let you. Uh, I talked about most of the things. You can talk about uh, our your boy Frank the Tank in the All Star game. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I like that part. You know, uh, him getting to go in there and play and, and do his thing, and he looked good. Obviously, they got eliminated, so that that was the part that I watched. That was the only thing I saw. I didn't really watch the skills competition too much. Um, I didn't take part in that. And yeah, the Crosby thing. Uh, it was our favorite boy, Frank Cervelli. That was the one that got mad. Uh, about Sidney Crosby, um, you know, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Also, oh, it's fake. Then it's fake. Then never mind. So everything is fine. Yeah, yeah. So he he got all mad about that. So I mean, I don't know. I don't I don't know what's going on in Frank's head. But yeah, he was the one that was upset about that. So that this didn't look good. So I don't know. It's just whatever. But yeah, Michael Bublé was cracking me up. Uh, <laughs> you know, getting getting high and doing that. I was like, I saw parts of that too, and I was like. Uh oh boy, something's wrong with this guy. I thought he was drunk. Uh, like I think you know we talked about before doing the show. We we both kind of thought he was drunk, but I guess he was probably high and drunk. I mean I, I don't know. And then yeah, uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. I forgot about when you brought that one up. That was like an all star classic uh, moment uh, of him messing around, um, uh, having issues being uh, drunk and whatnot. But um, yeah, it just overall it was okay. I just wish that they would change it. Uh, do something different. I, I don't know. Go back to the five-on-five five format or something. I, I don't know. With the celebrities in there, it was kind of okay. Um, like I said, I really just watched it because Vitrano was in there. And then other than that, I, I, I kind of just tuned out the rest, Eddie. Yeah. You know what, Michael? Where can you go? I, I guess Michael Bublé was also saying that he felt at one point he was in the movie Blades of Glory. Like, it was just nuts, but, like, where in the world can you go and admit that you just did a, 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 a hallucinogen and just get away with it and everyone laughs about it? Mike, I have friends that are cops, and if I went over here posting on Facebook that I just took some shrooms or whatever, you, guess what? I'm going to get a knock on my door, and I'm going to lose my job. 
that's just nuts. But that's just funny. <laughs> but he made it really entertaining. But you're right, Mike. Something has to change with this all-star game. It just it kind of takes away the disruption of the whole the flow of the league, I, I want to say. And I, I think fans are split. Like Half the fans don't like it. Half the fans do. But credit to the league. They did try something different. And it didn't seem like it was had the same effect that they wanted to have. They brought some influencer, Tate McRae. Don't know who she is. Um, like I said, I'm not a 13-year-old girl that listens to pop music or, or influencer, whatever you call her. No disrespect her. I just don't know who she is. Uh, Will Arnett, everyone knows the actor. He didn't really seem into it. Justin Bieber was kind of like, whatever, during the draft. I don't know. They could have made it more entertaining. Um, the thing is, and I, I like Justin Bieber. I'm a Justin Bieber fan. I'll go ahead and admit that. I don't care what he thinks about that. But he did do a surprise performance over there in Toronto. So that was good. He hasn't really performed like that in public in a while. So that was good that he actually kind of gave back to the league. And using his stardom and his uh, so is Will, Will Arnett and Michael Bublé and Tate McRae, at least they, they used their star power to hopefully bring in new fans, new fans that wouldn't watch the league. Got to watch that and see them and hopefully brings uh, a lot more, I guess, uh, coverage to the games. Yeah, I mean that was the one part of it that I think hopefully did uh, they you know achieved it like you said is maybe got more of a fan base by reaching out to different people and uh, and one thing too I you know I just we were talking about uh, Cuban Gooding Jr. It was actually the award show is when he got all drunk and it was saying the, the players' names all messed up and everything. It wasn't the All Star Game, so I just oh, want to correct that. that. The, yeah, no, I just wanted I was I was just thinking about it and I was double checking. Yeah, it was it was the NHL awards, but still that was yeah. another funny moment uh, of someone messing up stuff and being all whack so it was still a, you know another funny nhl moment um okay uh, yeah sorry whatnot. about that sorry about that fans it's a long week so far week's not over yeah but i, uh, I knew it was one of those but you know what why not bring yeah. cuba goody jr back oh no i think he has some legal issues going on never mind we can pass on <laughs> that the league doesn't need any more uh any more hassle with that so yeah you know what, exactly Mike? yeah off the top of your head who would you pick to host an the All-Star game, so if we're talking about the All-Star game, like, which kind of celebrity or comedian would you pick to host one of these? Oh. I think you would do a good job. Oh, to like, oh yeah, to change it up? Man, that, that's a tough one. Um, trying to think, who who would you get out there? We can't uh, pick one that likes hockey, because like, we already know that the, the select few that like hockey. So mm-hmm. it has to be someone that's just that's outside and... That is not gonna give two f's about anything and just kind of run the show how he does it. I would say Fluffy, man. Oh, That'd be hilarious! Yes, <laughs> he would. He would. He would. He would be awesome, dude. He's so funny, and I mean, he does like sports. I, I don't know how much he likes hockey, but I mean, he does like sports and he's a comedian. So I. I and everybody loves Fluffy. <laughs> Oh yeah, he'd be a, he'd be a good one. He, yeah, I, I can't I, you can't not like him. He's just so funny. Even like the Canet videos where he's not performing, and people are getting uh, videos of him or TMZ. He's just always in a good mood, laughing and kind of enjoying life, and that that's kind of cool to see. Uh, yeah, I think one another one would probably be. I think Dave Chappelle would be a good one. Oh yeah, that was the second one I was thinking of too. Yeah, is have uh, Dave Chappelle. Oh, what's his name? Uh, Ricky Gervais. Oh is yeah, R- Ricky. Is it? I think it's Gervais. Gervais. Okay, yeah. He is, yeah. went off on all the celebrities. He yeah. does not. It's like zero. He doesn't care. 
And, and another thing about him, he's a really big advocate for animals and animal lovers, so that would be cool. But I can imagine him at the <laughs> at the All-Star game just giving his speech and hosting it and our B1 of Celebrity coaches. He just he says he's going to say what I was in mind. It's not going to stop. That would be funny. But someone like, like something outside the box that don't really follow hockey too much but know how to host something and, and kind of go forward with that. Yeah, I agree. I think that would be the way to do it next time around. Something like that would be good. And and maybe they will. Uh, like you said, they did try to change it up. Uh, I you know I don't know how much of a success it was or wasn't, but it was something different. So, um, you know, with with that, the <laughs> something something different. Uh, not really so much with the Ducks, I guess. <laughs> After the All Star break, the Ducks came out and played a bunch of games. We won't really go into depth of a lot of them because you guys watched them all and <laughs> you know what happened. The Ducks have lost the majority of them, but there were some key things. Uh, in this last two weeks or so that happened. Uh, the first one coming out of the All-Star break, you had Corey Perry, who is now on Edmonton, if you missed that. Eddie did uh, mention Perry earlier in the show. And the Ducks played a good game against Edmonton for a couple periods. They actually slowed down McDavid and Dreisaitl for a little bit, but then they went wild in the third, and the Ducks lost this game. Uh, our, our another favorite player, uh, Kane, got a hat trick. Who I don't I don't know how he's still in the league, but whatever. He ended up getting an empty netter at the end, which I wasn't really happy about, and they ended up winning. But uh, what did you think uh, about Perry coming back? It, it didn't really. Uh, I, I mean, people were happy, but it, I mean, he'd been back before and been on other teams, so it wasn't really a big deal. I just to me, Eddie was really weird seeing him in an Oilers jersey. Oh yeah, it didn't it didn't feel right, it didn't seem right. Like I said, I've never been a, a big Corey Perry fan, but still he's he's a part of, of Ducks history. Uh that that fifty goal season where he won um he won the, the Richard and I believe he got the MVP that year for the Ducks, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, there's a lot of history there. Of course you of course another former duck would get a point against the Ducks. But yeah, it just it's it's weird to see him that that Oilers jersey, but I'm glad that he's back. I'm glad that whatever issues that he was going through, he obviously sought the help and got that help, and he's back in the league and he gets to retire and finish off if either this season or whenever he wants to stop playing on his own terms. And he didn't get that taken away from him for just from one drunken mistake. So I, I'm pretty I'm glad for that. I, I would want to wish him the best uh, moving forward and and going to the Stanley Cup final. But screw that, I'm not going to chair for Edmonton. I don't really care who they have on their team. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Uh, they're up there. They're battling it out, uh, you know, in the Pacific. So we'll see what happens. But uh, you still got Vancouver, and you still got the the Golden Knights in the mix up there too. So I have to see what happens in the Pacific. We did have one fan question on Instagram from uh, Medina Delaney asked, you know, is Corey Perry's jersey going to be retired? Um, you know, in Anaheim. What, what do you think about that? I mean, you know, we talk about Jaguar, obviously, is another name that's up there. Um, Getzloff as well. But do you think Perry will, at one point, have his jersey in the rafters at Honda Center? I don't think anytime soon. I think the the, the incident that happened recently, um, I think that's going to hinder it. I, I guess it's just my personal thing. I, I would say no. And that's nothing against him. I just don't think that. Um, I, I don't know. I, I yeah, he, he did help us the Stanley Cup. He he did play a pretty much a great superstar franchise player for us. But I, I don't think he's he's really done enough to kind of earn earn that. Uh, he almost left during his free agency. His, his contract coming up it said that Getzloff kind of convinced him to stay on the team. Obviously, that was his best friend, so he's gonna stay on the team. But 
I don't know. I think if it's going to happen, it's not going to happen anytime soon. I'll be really shocked um, if it happens soon. They're probably going to let the, 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 the dust settle, let him go. But no, I would say no, I would pass on that. I'm still really keen on the Getzloff getting announced uh, for next season. His jersey is going to be retired. Um, but yeah, I, I would pass on that. Jagir, obviously, yes, I would love Jagir to um, have his jersey retired. I think he's earned it more than uh, more than he's done for the organization. Almost brought us a cup. It just was a great series. So, I mean, wait and see. But I don't know. What do you think about Corey Perry, Mike? I know you you probably you're, you're a little more of a fan than I was of Corey Perry. Yeah, I mean, I am. But you know, you know, I look back at. Uh... These games and whatnot, like you talked about. I mean, you, you had Jaguar almost winning the cup in 2003, then obviously getting the cup in 2007. Yeah, Perry was on the team. You had Getzloff as well, but I, I don't know. I think Getzloff and, and Jaguar did more for the team than Perry did. So if, if there's an order, those two would definitely go before. Um, with Perry, yeah, I, I don't know. I have mixed feelings. I, I, I don't know if he would get on there. Uh, I, I, I'm not really... I don't know. I, I would be happy if he did, but like you said, I think it would be a ways off. And I mean, obviously, we still don't know what happened when he was in Chicago earlier this year. We just kind of know what we talked about in the last couple shows. But yeah, I, I would stay away. I would say I, I would want to see Getzloff and Jaguar up there first before they even consider him. So I think you hit it on the head there. If it's going to happen, it's not going to be for a while. The um, the other part of this, you know, it was disappointing that the Ducks lost. And I didn't like seeing Perry in a, a Oilers jersey, but uh, I was kind of disappointed in the way this Offspring Night thing kind of unfolded. I thought it was a really great idea, you know, the Offspring from Orange County, you know, celebrating 30 years of the Ducks. That you know, did the whole thing. They had the guys there. They were out there on the ice before the game, but you know, they they played some songs in the arena uh, on the music like they play for warmups and during the game. But the band never played at all during the game. And, I, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but the previews and the advertisements they showed, it kind of led you to believe you thought you were going to get to see them play. Maybe, I don't know, a song or two in the intermission or something. So I wasn't a big fan of that. And then uh, I also went there early in the morning that day. I got there about 9.45 to get some of the gear because a lot of it was only being sold in the store and it opened at 10. Um, so I got in line, I, I was thinking about getting the Jersey and there was probably 50, 60 people in line I, and I didn't get in right away. They were letting just a certain amount of people in because they didn't want it like overwhelmed, which I get, but, uh, go in there and all the jerseys are gone. Like within 10 minutes, every Jersey was gone. There was like maybe two or three smalls left. Everything was out. And I talked to some of the employees and they, they just said there wasn't a large amount of them on hand. So I thought that was disappointing. They did say that they were getting more in March, but I mean, the game's over. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, I just, I thought it was a great idea, Eddie. I just didn't think it was executed well. Yeah, I, same here. I, all the advertisements, I was kind of bummed out. I wanted to go thinking that they were going to um, have have them perform at least one song. and They could have done it easily, Intermission or the Jack, da Jack Daniels Club. They could have set up a certain way. But yeah, it's just, you, you have the band there, you you advertise the hell out of it, and it's just, they show up, they say hi, they watch the game, and that's it. It's like, come on, you could have made something happen. You guys spent all this money with advertising and promotion, which they did a great job promoting the hell out of it, and it was an awesome collaboration 
And we'll probably uh, talk about uh, another collaboration that's coming up uh, The Ducks keep mentioning. But, yeah, and then the jerseys, too, it's just I don't think those jerseys are worth as much as they were charging at the team store. I think they went a little bit overboard on that. But it's like one of those things that I guess it, it seemed it was more of a, a money grab than anything, especially not even having the band perform. I know they performed at Honda Center. Um, and that was kind of, I guess, their pr- promotion thing too—a little free promotion for the band. But I, I would love to see or even hear that they performed at least one song instead of just kind of wa- sitting there just watching the game. So uh, maybe they can do something different in the near in the near future and have someone actually perform. That'd be something neat and something different that the Ducks can do, and that'll bring just more fans. And hey, they gave us a game and a small little concert—one song, two songs. So. Maybe they'll just kind of a first time really promoting the hell out of a band like this, and maybe they'll um, they'll do it again in the near future and actually have them perform. Yeah, and it is possible to do it. We've seen it at stadium series games. They've done it in intermissions there, where they've had people out there and they play one or two songs. So it's totally doable. Obviously, it's not going to be a full on concert, but you have a you know fifteen seventeen minute. Uh, window there where you you can have them play and obviously you probably don't do it on the ice you have the zambonis do it and then like you said you have the jack daniels area or kind of where jojo's at too they they sometimes have that area opened up for stuff i mean th- there's ways that they could have done it so a little disappointed on that and you know if they they did want to do the jerseys right they should have had more but there was not a lot in large extra large and two x's i mean it was those were all gone within like nine or ten minutes i, I was like damn so but I mean, that's what they did. Not not a great game um, overall. I mean, you know, they they hung with Edmonton. Edmonton's a solid team. They hung with them for two periods. They you know couldn't um, keep them down on the third, and they lost that game. So Ducks came out, you know, not a horrible game. And then they go on the road, and uh, I mean, holy crap! The Ducks played four games on the road. We won't really go into a lot of them. You guys, you you guys saw the games. I don't need to beat a dead horse. Three of the four games uh, were just not good. Let's just be honest. They looked absolutely terrible on this road trip. They were able to pull out two wins. Uh, they got uh, to me. They got lucky in Buffalo. They they won that game four to three, a seesaw battle, uh, back and forth in the in the second period, and they were able to pull that one out. Gibson stood on his head at the, in the uh, third period, and they were you know able to shut him down. But, but the big story I think about this road trip and a big problem, which I won't get ahead of us going and talk about what's wrong with the Ducks and, and how to try to fix this team, because you guys are really really concerned about that on this road trip. You guys were like you know really upset, and I totally get it. I was super upset uh, on this road trip for many reasons, and Eddie, I'll go into them, but. Uh, the first game against Montreal, uh, right, Montreal's not a powerhouse team. The Ducks get shut out, and they only get 13 shots on goal, which is a season low. And, and that's going to be a theme on this road trip. They, you know, they only got 20 shots on goal against Win- uh, excuse me, against Ottawa. They did win that game 5-1. to one. Toronto, they got 21 shots on goal. They got blown out 9-2. to two. And then, like I said, they pulled out that one against Buffalo, but they only had 14 shots on goal in that game. So it's just kind of a theme with this this lack of offense and lack of shots and um, just overall not good. Uh, the one thing I, I thought was interesting um, is we're recording the show, and, and, and it is the anniversary of the U.S. beating the Soviet Union in the Olympics. And you remember that scene in that movie 
uh, when um, the coach is yelling at him and they're doing their bag skate and he and he's you know saying what team do you play for and they get it wrong and they keep going and going and keep skating keep saying again again again. Well, apparently Cronin did that after the game against Montreal where they had a one where they basically lined up and just didn't have a puck and <laughs> did a whole lot of skating and it worked. Um, that was like probably the good thing about this trip is I, I that happened. They come out, they take it to Ottawa. Um, you know, uh, I guess the bright spot lately has been McTavish, Vetrano, and Terry. Those guys have been on fire. You had McTavish got two goals in this game against Ottawa, and, and Vetrano got his 23rd. Vetrano also, uh, you know, kept scoring in all, like almost all these games he was scoring. He, he ended up, you know, getting up to his 25th, 26th goal uh, in that game against Buffalo. Um, so that part was good, and I thought, I thought that was interesting. Um, but, uh, you know, the, but then they... <laughs> I, I, well, I'll let, I'll pause there and just just get your initial thoughts, I guess, before I get into more of it, because there's some other stuff that disappointed me. But but I, I guess overall, Eddie, like, what did you think? I mean, they they didn't play well in three out of four of these games. They're not getting shots on goal. Uh, I mean, what what do you see on this road trip overall that maybe frustrated you or or, or whatnot? Because I mean, this. They were, the Ducks were lucky to end up 2-2 two and two on the road trip. Let me just put it that way. I, I think you probably agree with me on that, Eddie. Yeah, I see a lot of, especially when you're playing lower teams too, uh, a goal gets scored on them, they make a bad play, the shoulders go down, the heads go down. And they just It's like they let that one play define them and they're defeated after that. And they just kind of, they kind of kind of rolled over and are submissive now. It seems like it just... It seems like we're digressing when we should be kind of establishing what we are, what we're going to be doing. But it's just what I'm seeing. The product is not there anymore. It seems like, like you know, I'll say it might my, my first one of the show, but I think they just don't give a fuck. They don't care. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's just, but just the way some of these games are. And, and Mike, I'm sure you notice it too. That the shoulder gets shoulders go down, the head gets a little lower. This the 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 high tempo of skating just kind of diminishes a little bit. Each time they're they're down, and I just I don't know what's gonna what's gonna light a fire under their ass. There's no really there's like two or three people you see every day, each and every night continuously battling and trying to make things happen. But for the the rest, it just seems like it's you're going through the motions. Like you're you're showing up. You're like, it's it's like well you like everyone does with different their, their normal career their, their normal jobs. You just you clock in. Like with me, I clock in. I type a few things. I just go through the motions. It's just like. Nothing's changing. Nothing's getting better. The Ducks are just are still bad, but not bad enough to be last, which doesn't really matter at this point if, if they're dead last because uh, Chicago is, and they're going to get the first overall pick again. But it's just it's getting frustrating to see that there's no improvements happening and there's nothing significantly changing. And I and I, I'll go and kind of say it. I said I said it all in the beginning of the when we, the season that started. This team is not defined by anything. There's not any identity, and the one number one thing is there's no leadership on this team. No one's rocking the, the, the A, or the, the, I'm sorry, the C. There's just too many Chiefs and not enough Indians. You need that establish that leader. Let that leader get in that locker room and rip them pieces. Like you think like this crap would have happened if Getzloff was there? Yeah, Getzloff was was there during some shitty times. But you, God forbid, you walk in that locker room happy or trying to play music and smiling, he'd rip your asshole open, a new one. Like that, that's the kind of leader he was. He expected you to perform a certain way. And there's not that going on. And, like, what this team, it seems like, it, it's, they're just, like, I, I'm glad uh, our barbarian went old school and and kind of did that. I think that they need more of that. You need to, 
you need to just grind this team. But then again, you have to look at what you have now on the ice. You don't have hockey players 10 or 15 years ago. You have these new hockey players that are, I'm sorry, they're, they're too sensitive. Uh, it seems like, and we'll go into some torts uh, comments later, but it seems like they just want everything handed to them and give it to them. They're not willing to work hard for it and really put that day in and day out. I mean, if I had the opportunity and the skill level to play a professional, any sport, and my team was bad, I'm not going to go out there and, and go have fun. I'm not going to party. I'm not going to drink. No, I'm going to go, hey, I, I just played a game. I played 17, 18, 20 minutes. We got blown out 9 to freaking 2 or whatever. We had 13 shots on goal. I'm going out. And I'm going to practice my ass off on myself. I'm going to try to get my team involved. Like, hey, let's go hit the gym. We don't deserve to go out for, for those beers or, or that dinner and stuff. No. We played that poorly, getting paid so well, and you're playing like shit like that. No, it's just terrible. If I performed as bad as the Ducks are performing right now, I guarantee my boss would just fire me on the spot, and I have no job. And I'm over here living in your backyard, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you touched on a lot of things there that uh, that I agree with, and you know, you talk about motivation. Uh, man, I, I mean, one of the things you had Sudzi Maharaj talk to the Ducks about his cancer, um, you know, before that game against Toronto. If you didn't watch it, holy crap, it's a tearjerker. You see how thin he is. He talks about fighting cancer, the bouts that he's gone through. He's lost weight. He, he didn't lose his humor. Uh, he made a joke about he had parts of his stomach and, and other organs taken out and he, he made a joke that, you know, if people say he doesn't have any guts that, well, yeah, it's partially true now because he had stuff taken out. I mean, but but this guy was talking about planning his funeral. I mean, holy shit. And then you go play Toronto and yeah, they're a solid team and you lose nine to two after that. I, I just... I, I just was disappointed in me. I, I just not. I'm not expecting that they should have won or anything. But I mean, holy crap! You give up nine goals after after he comes to visit you before that. Like like what the fuck, man? Like I, I that that's what really pissed me off. And it goes back to what you were saying too. In the beginning of that game, they got scored on. That got you know down early three nothing, and the whole thing of you know with the shoulders down everything. They weren't skating hard. They were standing around. I mean, Toronto was dancing around them that first period. They actually ended up playing better in the second half of the game. But it, I mean, when you're down six to one, and you know, then seven to one, even in the in the beginning of the second, I don't care how well you play. Like, I mean, it's hard to come back down six goals. I mean, they did come back in this last game against Columbus, but you know, they were down four nothing and came back, which was great. I was glad to see that they did fight back in that game, but. But this game, talking about motivation, like you were talking about, Eddie, I mean, that right there, I, I don't know. That, that to me, would have motivated me to go out there and kick some butt, you know, and they didn't. And I actually went on um, a more Toronto-type-based um, hockey uh, a podcast called Offside Hockey and was on there for about 30 minutes or so talking about what was going on. And it's funny, the, st the stuff you brought up is similar stuff that, that I, you know, I, I mentioned on that show. And you and I have talked about this on the show a bunch of times. But the leadership thing to me is a, is, is a huge issue and the identity thing is a huge issue. And I know a lot of people don't talk about it and they, you know, don't think it's a big deal. You don't have a captain and, oh, we can do it later and everything. But, 
you had Getzloff on there, and as you talked about, yeah, he was there when they won the Cup early in his career, got success right away. He wasn't the captain then, became the captain later. Um, you know, they had a long run there, uh, winning the division several years, and, and, you know, we knew we were going to be in the playoffs. We just didn't know how far we were going to go, and, and, there, and there were some tough times too, but you had that guy that was in there doing it, and I don't know what this team, you know, obviously we're not in the locker room, um, but I, I don't know who's who's the voice in there. I, I mean, it seems like you brought in Vetrano. This guy's leading the team with 26 goals. He's all over the ice, you know, celebrating, getting crazy. You have Gudis out there that's mixing it up. You brought in these two guys, which I, I like, and I think they've helped this team. And I would think that they would bring some leadership and voice in the locker room, but but no one has that official title, and I and I think that's a problem, uh, a big problem with this team. And and you saw it, especially on this road trip. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, the bag skate worked in the, for the game against Ottawa, but then Toronto <laughs> they couldn't do it, and then you know Buffalo they pulled out a win, which was good to see, but they got kind of lucky in that one with you know only fourteen shots on goal, and basically Vetrano. Um, you know, and Terry getting them back in, in that game, um, you know, to get them to, to win. Um, it, it, the problem, and I'm kind of going to the next segment, but it's just what you've said. It, it, you've got a handful of guys out there um, that are doing stuff, and, and then the rest aren't. And that's just what's going on with this team. They're, they're not playing as a team. And, you know, when they do, it, it's for little brief moments of time. And I, I think that's really been demonstrated in these last uh, what six games here right they they played edmonton then they had the four games on the road then this last one against columbus they lost that one seven to four but uh that was amazing that they rallied from down you know four four and were able to come back but then obviously they couldn't you know complete the comeback in the third but those those are all the things that i've seen eddie i think it's the same thing and, and it kind of goes in and i mean we can kind of break it down but it kind of goes into the segment of what's what's wrong with the ducks and i, I think that's a lot of it because a lot of you guys are, are extremely concerned about this team um you know and and i guess one other part you know eddie you reminded me of this too is that when the ducks were down six to one to toronto the Ducks social media stopped posting the score and uh, i know people I posted something. I I was I, I was pretty buzzed up watching the game, and I posted something like, "Hey, what happened to the Ducks?" You know, at social media, they're not posting. And, and for those guys that listen, I'm, I'm not talking trash on you guys. I just was like, "What happened?" You know, where did they go? <laughs> like, they're they're not posting the score. You know, like what happened? But you know, I, I see people get mad and they're blowing up the Ducks social media on the comments, and and you know that's that's not fair. I mean, these guys are covering the team. You think that they're happy that the Ducks are getting blown out? You think that they're happy when they post, you know, 6-1 and then they get 50 comments of, you know, the Ducks suck and, you know, fire this guy and fire that guy and trade this guy? I mean, yeah, it sucks. I mean, you know, we're not happy about it either. I mean, yes, I still post the score and you guys chirp me too uh, during that game. But um, I don't don't know. I I just thought that that was kind of crazy to see what's going on um during that time you know but but that that's what i've seen so far eddie i I don't know if uh, how you feel about that you know as far as you know the comments and and the posting and stuff like that and and just the team in general because you know you guys are asking what's wrong with the ducks in anaheim and and unfortunately there's a lot that's wrong with them right now eddie hold on real quick mike if you can hear this holy duck in hell you freaking that was some man wow Dude, you you nailed that that portion of it. You, you pretty much you know what I like about us too, Mike. 
and how, how we get along so well because at times we're alike and we think the same we, we want to cover things the same and what you said I, I couldn't agree more especially that that toronto game uh, he, he made that effort to go and that speech he's fighting cancer fought cancer he lost things he's still joking he's still trying to fire up the boys and be there for the team yeah, it, yeah, I get it. Toronto is a, a stellar team with a lot of superstars. And you were probably most likely 99.9% chance of losing. But show some emotion. Get your ass in there. Block pucks. Like, fight for the game. Like, he fought against cancer. Like, it's just... Everything you said was just nailed right on the head right there. It's just... I know that pissed you off a lot. And I'm pretty sure that pissed off a lot of fans. Um... And the Ducks, I think the whole thing with the Ducks social media too, they're doing a fantastic job. This is probably one of the best couple seasons that they've been covering the Ducks. They've just been venturing out and doing different things. So I, I give a shout out to them. If you know, Whoever listens that runs the admin stuff, you know, shout out to you guys. Kudos, especially dealing with the last few seasons you had to. <clears throat> but I think the Ducks just kind of saw some of the fans just kind of being ugly and, and just kept going on. Hold on. <coughs> Excuse me, guys. Sorry about that. Um, I, I took a mushroom right now, so I'm, <laughs> no, I'm just playing. No, I, I think it just the Ducks admin team felt it was necessary to not post the scores because you have fans from Toronto chiming in and you have fans from the Ducks. It's just causing uh, people to start saying things because they're behind a screen and on Twitter, which a lot of people want to talk shit on Twitter because they're not in face-to-face. And it, it just leads to, I guess, bullying and people being ugly, people saying things they shouldn't be saying. So I, I think at that point that that was the Ducks' main concern was just not to have fans fighting against each other and kind of promoting violence amongst each other. So I think they did a good job, I guess, not just posting the scores anymore. But yeah, uh, so I guess that's the kind of reason to it. But I, I think everything you talked about kind of nailed it on the head, and I would have probably said the same exact thing you said, including the F-bomb that you dropped. So um, yeah. Good, good take on that, Mike. Like I said, that cracked open that new beer for you. It was everything I I would have said, and I just kept nodding my head and like, holy shit, yeah, I agree. I would have said this. So good job. Well, I mean, we can look at it too with some stats too, not just you know our opinions because you know our opinions are opinions. Maybe someone sees a little bit differently, but looking at what's wrong with this team from an X's and O's stats, you know, point of view, right? Um, we've talked about some of the stuff with the, this road trip and whatnot, and, and some of you asked questions. We had a uh, Wofford uh, seven asks, or actually made a statement: "This team is all wrong, top to bottom. It's only gotten worse with Verbeek." We had Theo Rhodes twenty five says, "Why are the Ducks so bad?" And that's a lot of your comments, and that's stuff that I saw too on Twitter when you guys were replying, um, also on Instagram, and you know, posting the the game recaps and <laughs> just the comments come in, and I, I just crack up because you know I don't I don't take it personal, but I just see them on there and I see the frustration and I and I get it, but the problem with this team, a lot of it is really. Uh, I don't know. It's like it's all of it, but a lot of it's the offense has been a huge problem for this team. Um, as we're recording this, their their goals for is two point six one, which is 29th in the league. And you know, you look at the shots on goal; they've got one thousand five hundred sixty shots on goal so far in fifty six games. So you're like, oh, that's that's a lot of shots. Well, that's twenty eighth in the league, and they're averaging about you know just under twenty eight shots per game, which isn't horrible. It's not bad, but if you look in these last six games, they're they're barely averaging over 20 shots per game. 
in these last six games. That's just not going to get it done. I mean, you're dropping, you know, 13 shots in Montreal, 14 in Buffalo. I mean, holy crap, dude. You're not going to win games with that. Um, their shooting percentage, too, is 9.4, which is tied for 24th. So, I mean, offensively, they're not getting it done. And when you look at the team lately, it's McTavish, Terry, and Vetrano that are carrying this team offensively, especially in these last six games. They're the ones doing all the scoring and getting all the assists. And then you've got nine other forwards that are just passengers on this, you know, um, bus uh, to, to that's riding off a cliff. Basically, I mean, I, I hate to say it, but that's that's what it looks like. You, Mike, I mean, you know, <laughs> that whole bus is falling off the cliff. It just it's waiting for a few more games come April, where it finally crashes and burns. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just it, yeah. Seriously, I I I don't, I don't know how else to describe it. It's just like. It's just it's bad, you know, and, and that's the problem with the team. You're you're relying on one line for your offense. I I mean that's just not going to get it done. It, it, you know you're not going to you know win many games with that. Um, and then defensively, they're giving up three point five seven goals against, which is tied for 29th. I mean, holy crap, that's horrible. I mean, this is not not doing well. Uh, special teams, they've done okay. They were better earlier in the season. Um, power play is just under 20%, which is 16th in the league. Not bad. Penalty kills down to 76.4%, 25th. That's not good. Uh, all their puck possession numbers are below 50. They're all in the 46, 45 kind of range. They're all, you know, 25 and, and down, uh, you know, even down almost at last for some of these stats. And the puck possession, even strength and all situations. So even those numbers are not great. So, that that's the issue here is, and you can look at it. They're not generating a forecheck uh, on each line. They're not getting down there. They're not getting enough shots on net. And when you don't get enough shots on net, obviously you're not going to score. So that's killing it. Uh, I, I just think that that's not helping the blue line. There's been some issues too. You had Zellwinger went down for the All Star break. He did not come back up. We thought he was going to come back up. Like you know, I guess we were wrong on that one. Um, you know, but I, I think that's been a problem for the Ducks. I, I, I think they badly missed him. Having him come back up would help the Ducks on defense. So, you know, there's just, there's a lot wrong with this team. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what else, how else to improve it, but there's a lot of problems. And I know a lot of you are like, okay, yeah, Mike, but, you know, fire the coach and, and fire the GM and blah, 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 blah. I, I don't see that as solving anything. I, I mean, this is the first year of them two together running the team. Uh, I mean, you're going to boot them already? Like, I, I don't know. That's a little bit too early for me. I, I You know, we still got the trade deadline coming up. I want to see what's going to happen with that and, and then see what happens. If it's like this next year, then okay, maybe we need to do some more talking. But as far as I see it for now, Eddie, I mean, there's a lot of things they need to improve and fix. But I, I don't think getting rid of Verbeek and Krona is necessarily the answer right now. I think you got to make some trades. You got to shake some things up. Because um, you know you got three guys out there doing the offense, everybody else is, is not doing as much or only here and there, which isn't working uh, for the team. And other teams know that too. They know, oh, Vatrano, McTavish, Terry, that's the line. Everybody else, you know, okay, we don't have to worry about the other ones. So that's a huge, huge problem that I've seen with this team. Uh, what, what do you think? What you know, with these stats and numbers, what are you seeing so far this season or in the last six games? Same what you're saying. This team is crap. Like, this team is horrible. I, I, I can't. I, I don't. Something should have been shaken up already. I mean, yeah. I, I the biggest shakeup they had so far is bringing Zalwiger, uh, recalling him and giving him a few games. But 
Like, do something. Make a trade. Shake things up. Um, I, but I don't know what to do anymore, Mike. If it happens next season and the team's like this and it's not improving and just keeps digressing, I mean, what can you do? You're going to fire the coach. You're going to fire the GM. And then what? Who are you going to bring in? Maybe they're firing the wrong people or getting rid of the wrong people. I don't know. I, I guess the high, to go to the highest people on top. I, I don't want to say the owners, but... What can we do to get this team better? Obviously, the formula that they keep trying to, to mix is not happening. Like the movie Mean Girls, that girl keeps making fetch happen. I don't know what they're doing, but ducks are not making this fetch thing happen. And it's getting frustrating to see. It's getting frustrating to go to Honda Center and having to pay more money for food and drinks when this team is so shitty. And you know, on top of it off too, Mike, I saw a lot of people on um, – posting online that they're raising season ticket prices next season oh that was like, new to me i didn't hear that one yet great well, yeah i guess a lot of people were on uh, ducks nation on facebook posting about how they got uh i guess i i think the ducks didn't even notify they just noticed that it's going to change or the ducks did notify i need to go back and check that out but they're going to be raising season ticket prices next season it's like dude are you kidding me you had this shit product on the ice like what are you selling you're you're selling duck shit in a bag and you're you're gonna call it freaking gold, like to even try to to raise it. And I get it, inflation and everything in California is expensive, but you gotta pick and choose when you're gonna do things. And what is gonna happen is you're gonna raise season ticket prices, and you're gonna have some people that don't want to opt in and pay that. They're gonna you're gonna lose. You're probably gonna gain. A few, but you're going to lose a lot more people you've had. Uh, we both know, Mike, there's a few people that that backed out of season tickets that have been for a while because things like this where the Ducks would raise it at the wrong time. or um, I want to say there was an incident, too, that they didn't mention it to anyone. They just kind of like when they got their new bill, they saw the new price. It's like, okay, what the heck? No warning. And I don't know. I had the season tickets for the Ducks one season, and that was an it for me, and I kind of just backed off on it because it was just – it wasn't to the caliber or expectations that I had. I had expectations for Colorado and their season tickets, and that rep was great and everything they offered for season tickets, especially when I missed games where they had promotional items. My my rep would hold aside for her season ticket holders and give that. Ducks don't. You miss something, hey, oh, well, buy it online or go spend $100 on eBay and try to get something like that. But, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I thought you heard about that, Mike, especially you, you had your season tickets for a while. But, yeah, a lot of people on Ducks Nation were mentioning about that. It's just, I, I, I don't know. Something really drastically has to change with the team. If not, just just throw in the towel and they can relocate. They can be the Quebec Ducks or Houston Ducks, whatever. But it's just this team, I had expectations. And I always say I want this team not to do a 180, not to go be contenders, just get better just just rise up have players develop the right way uh, just if you go on one category and you're 29 just go 28 don't go to the same thing it's just this team just i, I don't know it almost borderline seems like it's worse than last season like I, I i don't know mike yeah and that's the sentiment that uh, a lot of people uh, have been feeling lately especially as he, you know these last six games uh, people are super upset thinking that the team is going backwards instead of going forwards and in some aspects, I, I agree. I mean, you look at the stats, like I read off, we're in the bottom of the league in pretty much every category other than the power play. I mean, it's it's not it's, it's not good. When I put those game previews together, you guys can see I put all those stats in there. If you, if you miss them, they're in there. And I put in the other teams as well. 
and, and you can see how they match up. So I, I throw them in there for you, all those ones, the puck possession numbers and some of the regular stats too. I try to, to mix it together for everybody in the preview. But I, I think the biggest thing is the trade deadline and, and making some moves. And that's, that's where we got to go uh, to try and fix this in the right direction. And, I, I mean, there's some stuff that's already been flying out there. There's some crazy rumors about Zegers lately. I'm not even going to go into them because I, I don't entertain the nonsense that some people uh, are posting out there. Uh, but Wait, we, so that rumor is not true about Zegers, about him dating Kim Kardashian? <laughs> I, I heard a certain a certain blog person post about that. He mentioned that he was he was didn't want to come back on the ice because he's having fun with Kim Kardashian. So I don't know. <laughs> Trust me, bro. Source. Trust me, bro. Oh my god, dude. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But the thing that got confirmed that we talked about on the last show um, was Pierre LeBrun was on on there talking about hey there there have been. You know, like four or five teams that have called the Ducks about Zegris. Uh, Montreal is one of them, but the Ducks aren't trying to shop him around. And that's what I talked about in the last podcast when I when I told you I had asked for Beak straight up about him. So that's what it sounds like. It doesn't sound like, you know, Zegris is going to get moved at the deadline. Now, does that mean that he could get traded later? Uh, you know, does, is that door open? Of course, it could be, could always, anybody could be traded later, right? And obviously, Pierre didn't shut that door, and I, we're not shutting that door either. We just don't think that he's going to be traded right now. Maybe down the road it could happen. But, I, I mean, I, I don't know. Some of these moves, I have mixed feelings. Uh, like, Henrique is the one that's been on the top of, uh, you know, the trade lists, the, um, TSN's latest one has him up there. Uh, he's fifth on there. So you you know you've got um, him out there. You've got these other trades that were made that are, are upping his value. So he's one that I could definitely see going. Um, you've got Vetrano with 26 goals. It's a name that people are mentioning now, and I have mixed feelings because I, I want the Ducks to improve and do better offensively. And you take away Vetrano. I don't know. It would really depend on the return for me. So those are some of them that are out there. You know, I don't know what you think, Eddie, about making some of these moves. Obviously, Gibson's name is still in there, too, as well. But, I mean, what do you think? I mean, we got to, you know, shake some stuff up. Uh, we had Sam, regret Sam, on Instagram asking, you know, who are you keeping and who are you ready to let go with all the rumors? You know, I, I'm good with Henrique. Uh, I, I don't know about Vetrano, uh, kind of up in the air. Gibson, I that to me is just it just really depends on who wants to take on that contract how much we've got to retain and also is Dostal the guy does Verbeek and and Cronin think Dostal's the guy in net so th that's kind of some of the stuff that I'm looking at what what do you think about these names that are floating out there and and who would you be willing to trade to try to turn this you know around that's a good a good question good question I had that song in my head should I stay or should I go? I, I was trying to find it real quick when you were talking, but I, <laughs> I know if we post music on, on the podcast, we, we get in trouble. So, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, that's a song I have in my head. At this point, I, I would give up McTavish. I'd give. No, nah, I'm so kidding about that. No, Henrique should be at the top of the Ducks' priority to trade. You have Vancouver, and we'll talk about Vancouver and Winnipeg in a little bit when we go to the league news, but they, they, they make some significant moves to bring in centers. You have teams like the Colorado Avalanche that need a center. They desperately need a, a second-line center to to help them and take a, like some, I guess, stress off of McKinnon. You need Boston Bruins. They have 
Zaka and Charlie Coyle. Charlie Coyle, he's good, inconsistent. I don't think he, he he's going to – I don't know. Charlie Coyle is different. But that's a place that Henrique can go and thrive. You have – I know New Jersey people mention New Jersey because uh, the relationship he had over there. But Henrique, right now, his value is sky high. The biggest failure that Verbeek can do is not get rid of him at the trade deadline and not receive a max payout. His stock went up when the two trades that Edmonton, I'm sorry, Winnipeg and Vancouver did, and we'll talk about later, his stock is just up there. You need to get something from him. You can get a first round. You can make a team overpay, bend them over backwards, and make them then get to that point. I know Colorado... Uh, McFarland and Sackick, they're no, they're no strangers to making big splashes and and trying to get some kind of asset to make them get that cup, and they're good at that. What thing is that that team is real conservative about who they're going to give up. They usually they usually get good trades, but Boston Bruin, Boston wants that other cup. They they need to get to that next level. They're a great team. They were a dominant team last season, and they got knocked out. They want to do something significant. Bringing in Henrique, he, he would fit that style. He can get that that consistency, that center role, and he has that physicality to his game. He he's not shy to to throw his body around. So I think that that'd be a good fit. There's other teams too. Like who doesn't need want the center? You had in Vegas won their cup. I keep saying that they had three deep down the center. You have LA went over there and got uh, Pierre Luc Dubois. He's playing third-line center. And, 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 and any other team, he would have been a second-line center and a shitty team. He'd be a first-line center. Obviously, he's not having a good season in L.A., but my point is that teams – I think center is a really uh, a vital role, and I think Henrik has been doing really well. He's not the superstar. He's not going to do flashy things. He has that, that, that spot of greatness, or if you give him the puck and he makes those good moves, but he'll do everything else that, that – that two-way center that you want. You want him in playoffs. I think he would thrive in playoffs, and I think there's going to be a bidding war on him. And Verbeek should hold his ground and obviously get the most he can get for him, and I think he will, and I think he should. As far as the other well, yeah, I'll cut it off right there. We'll talk about the other names, Mike, but do you want to go uh, uh, go off on a Henrique and what you think? Yeah, I mean, you touched on some good stuff there. I mean, you look at the market too right now. There's not many centers out there that are available to trade in his his level like you talked about. And, and then those trades that the Canucks and the Jets made, I mean, they got great returns. Um, you had Lindholm getting you a couple prospects and then a first and fourth round pick. I mean, wow. And then Monaghan getting a first and a third. I mean, holy shit, man. I mean, you should be able to get... You know, a top pick and a prospect, bare minimum, I would think, uh, for Henrique. At least that. I mean, how how do you not take that and and run with it? So yeah, I'm with you. I, I think for sure that is the big one uh, to go for. I, I mean, hell yeah, you're you're gonna want to turn this team around. You've got him on an expiring contract. He's you know he's a rental. You're not gonna bring him back. Henrique's having a decent season. To me, that's like priority number one in this trade deadline. You gotta, you gotta. I mean, if you don't trade him, you don't. But I, I, I mean, you gotta be able to move him and get some serious return. That, that's the huge one for me uh, with Henrique. Um, you know, after that, it's kind of up in the air for me, Eddie. I, I know you and I kind of disagree on Vetrano. I, I, I would rather keep him. 
But I, I know he's flying high with this, you know, career best 26 goals. And, you know, he doesn't do that on the regs. So, you know, but I, I think that's one that you and I maybe debate. I mean, I don't know. Maybe the Ducks can get something really good for Bertrano too. But then I'm, I'm concerned because the offense on this team has been so sparse lately. But uh, I don't know. What are you thinking? I mean, you think, you think, you know, you move Henrique. And then Vetrano too, and you try to get what another offensive player, or would you try? Are you trying to go for draft picks and prospects? Like, what what do you think as far as uh, you know with Vetrano too? I I think both. I mean I mean why not? We're at this point where um, like we need to do something drastic and something something significant. I, I think um, just like the stock market, you, you you buy low, sell high. I I mean. For what Vetrano is making and what he's doing this season, that's a hell of a deal. He has he's at a bargain right now. He's having one of the he's actually no not one of he's having the best um, the best season of his career. Like, it's just insane what he's doing. Um, I, I can easily see him thirty five thirty eight goals for the season. I think that's fair to say, Mike. Right? That'd be a fair assessment. But he's never scored you know that many goals in his life in his whole career. Um, Boston Bruins, Florida Panthers, the Rangers. I think his value is one of the top in leagues right now. He can fetch a huge return. So why not? Can he can he keep this consistent scoring going when the Ducks are ready to be competitive? And and we we've talked about that what in like two or three seasons, but the way this team's going right now, who knows if that's going to be the case. They might do another retool or re- I don't know what this team going, but I'm all, I'm all about for trading him. Once his contract's up, and not this season, but after next season, do you think he's going he's to want to stay here if nothing's changing? Um, is he going to bring that same value? Um, is he going to have an even better year next year, his contract, his expiring year, and then they offer him a huge deal, and then he just goes to crap. Look at Matt Bolesky. Like everyone thought Matt Bolesky was the next big thing because he had that huge, huge season. And I kept mentioning it. No, it's a fluke. It's just like it's, it's. I can't see that in Matt Bleski. And what happened? He just kind of windled down, and he he never really regained what he had. I would say we have to, like I said, we bought low on him. We showcased him. He's an all star, having a fantastic year. Why not just bend the team over and take as much assets as we can get? Get some draft picks. Get. A roster player, hell, though, on a prospect. I don't know how much his return can be. But we can easily a first round pick and a prospect, uh, a second round pick, uh, a roster player, a top six roster player, something. Maybe a roster player that's not performing as well. Um, Capo Caco from New York, send him back over there. A lot of fans in New York have been voicing their opinion. They want Bertrano back. Uh, he can play a, a good role on them and help him win the cup, which they're they're poised and they want to do that. Get a, a nice young 22, 23-year-old player that's not performing well where he's at. Throw in something else or make a package and do that. And another thing too, Mike, that we haven't really talked about is do what Arizona has been doing. And the Ducks have failed to do this. The Ducks have known for a while they're not going to be a contending team. Like, and, and if the GMs thought differently. If Verbeek came in this season saying, oh, this team's going to compete for a cup, like blah, blah, blah. No. Hell no. Why not use this 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 flat cap to your advantage? You have cap space to do it. 
make a three-way trade. Get a player, absorb some salary, get an asset for it. Get a second-round pick. Get a third-round pick. Look what Arizona did. They just loaded up on picks like that. Why not do that? You have the cap space to do it. A lot of teams are, are, are spent on cap space. Go ahead and do that. So that's kind of my take. But, yeah, I'm pro uh, trading with Toronto for those reasons. I know, Mike, you're against it. Yeah, I mean, I, you make a good point. I mean, if they can get a massive return for him, then yeah, go for it. And, and I think that's the question is, I, I don't know what kind of return they could get for him if they are able to do it. I think, Henrique, the return's there. We we know it. We've already seen it by the scarcity in the market. So that's not a question. That's just my concern is, yeah, I would I would definitely, if people are calling on him and are asking, then yeah, I'm going to be like, hey, well, what, what are you going to offer for Retrano? He's having this monster season. And, you know, you talk about his contract, he is only signed through next year. So, I mean, it's not, you know, it's not a big burden, 3.6 million. Um, so there, there is some stuff that they can do there as well to, to, you know, make a deal and make it happen. So, I, I mean, I would definitely keep an eye on Vertrano. I, I, you know, I would have said earlier in the season that there's no way he's getting traded. And now at this point, I'd say, no, actually, I, I think there is a probability. I, I could see Vetrano getting traded. I definitely could see that. Um, the other part of this puzzle, too, is in net. What are you going to do? Uh, you've got Gibson with his contract. I know he comes up every year. We joke about this. He's signed for, you've got, you know, three more seasons here at $6.4 million. He's kind of been hit or miss this year. Um, you know, the game against this last one against Columbus was not great. He's had some games where he's not able to finish the third period uh, because he's been knocked out for whatever the reason is, you know, and and whatnot. So I think sometimes people question that. So I'm curious about Gibson too. If they think Dostal is the guy. Um, and they want to roll with him, then are you going to try to trade Gibson to get some more offense? Or is there another goalie that you're going to want to try to get? So that's another name that I would keep an eye on. Uh, in terms of defense, I think this has kind of been interesting. But, you know, Labushkin's name's been out there, but now Fowler's name has been talked about a little bit. Uh, people aren't, you know, happy with the way he's been playing, which, you know, we've talked about trading Fowler. I, I, I don't know. We've talked about it before in the past. So, you know, people are, are thinking, well, what about Fowler? But Fowler's a tough one, too, because he's at $6.5 million and with two more seasons after this year. And he's at the age of 32. So what do you do with him? That You mentioned cap space. The Ducks have over $8 million in cap space. So do you try to move Gibson and Fowler and, and get some more assets? And maybe you retain a little bit? on both of those guys or one of those guys or do you try a three-way trade like you brought up eddie which is a, a, a very valid point too maybe if you try to do that that might be something with gibson and fowler you do where you end up retaining some but then getting something you know whether it's a, a great prospect or pick or whatever it is to make a return there so i'm very very curious about this trade deadline i think there's some things that the ducks can do I, I think Henrique and Vetrano are definitely ones to, to watch. Gibson, maybe. Defensively, I'm kind of curious if they're going to move anybody. It seems like Lubushkin's name keeps coming up. He's on the top of the uh, the TSN trade thing. 
Um, and then Fowler's kind of just one I threw in there lately. I've seen more and more people kind of talking about him lately, and, and some of you are frustrated out there with Fowler and his play. Um, and if you look at the stats, I mean, his puck possession numbers aren't really that great, unfortunately. Um, so that that's another issue. I, I, I don't know if anybody would want to take him. I mean, he's, he's gotten some goals lately on the power play, but, um, you know, it's, it's another one where that big contract too, just like with Gibson, who, who who's going to want to take on those contracts? I don't know, but what, what are your thoughts? Anything else you think any, any defensive players get moved or Gibson or anybody else on this team? You would think that uh, we should keep an eye on in the next week or two. I don't think Fowler, I think it's going to be too hard to move him. You're going to eat too much money. Uh, it just, his play uh, this season hasn't been up to par. I can't like maybe a team that needs that, uh, that bottom six defenseman maybe, or maybe it might be a change of scenery and they want to take a gamble. But, I mean, if it's Stanley Cup playoffs, if you want to take a gamble, you would have took a gamble, you know, months ago when your team, when you knew your team was in, in that level and see how he, he kind of worked out. But it's just, yeah, I can't see that happening. I can see Labushkin. I think he's gone. I think he'll, he'll, he'll he won't get a, a, a big blockbuster return that everyone wants, but I think, He'll definitely get calls, and, and as he should, and he'll be gone, and we get some assets for him. Gibson, there's teams over here that can use his services. We have um, – I'll even start off at throwing a, a wild fastball pitch over here, but Colorado, like Georgiev, I, I can't see Georgiev being I, – I, people are, are on him, but I, I don't know. I think he his play is dictated by the the, the personnel in front of him. So I think he gets too, more credit of being – a stellar goalie than he is, and you know I was gonna reach out to uh, one of the guys from the uh, Colorado over there. I follow Adrian Dater, and I was gonna kind of talk to him and and kind of do like a a, a recorded thing of players that he would want the Abs to have, and kind of include this in the show. I just my life schedule right now is crazy, but I think that'd be something that um like I said my own my brain thinking that we can do. Other teams as well that can Edmonton Oilers, Stuart Skinner and Calvert Picker, uh, Pickard. Pickard, yeah, he's playing fantastic right now. But once again, once the playoffs start, you want someone that can really hold their own. I think Gibson in the playoffs and given the right team in front of him, given any kind of defensive thing, team in front of him, I think he can thrive and do a great job doing that. Obviously, the Kings need some goaltending help, but that's going to be really, really rare that the Ducks will trade Gibson to the Kings. But... I'm still pro trade Gibson too. Um, the three years left in his contract, and then what? Ducks get better. He's gonna uh, demand more money. It, I I don't know. We have to figure it out. We should have traded Gibson uh, seasons ago when his value was sky high. They could have got the world for him. Like at one point, I mentioned on podcasts seasons ago when he was carrying his team on his back. That okay, you know. Try to think the Edmonton Oilers would. You know, I mentioned Drysidel. I I remember I mentioned that on a show like seasons ago. Like, hey, well, if they want Gibson, give up Drysidel and stuff like that. So, I, I, it's gonna take a, a huge, massive thing uh, to get this done. But I don't know, Mike. I, it seems like every year we hold on to Gibson, the less and less his value becomes. Yeah, I agree with that. That's that's where we're at, and we're getting towards the tail end of his contract here. The last couple seasons, like you said, so uh, if if Dostal's the man, you know, I I like what I've seen with him. You want to roll with him, 
then you know you try to make a move for Gibson, get get something, get uh, you know we're more stacked defensively than we are offensively, as you know Verbeek's talked about. You know, get some kind of offensive player that can go out there and do it. Um, we've talked about these other teams. You know, they talked about New Jersey. Um, you look at Carolina still missing Anderson. We thought he was coming back. He's not. So you, there are teams out there. You mentioned Colorado. There's there's teams that could definitely use him. Um, so, yeah, go ahead. Well, Toronto, too. Like, uh, yes. Like, Toronto has Samsonov. He got uh, recently recalled. He is doing well. I think he has what six out of se- uh, six wins out of seven games. Um, Wolves coming back, but like how how efficient he's going to be and and Toronto, they're desperate enough. They want that next level. Like they're tired of being the joke. Yo, you'll be out in the first round. You'll be out in the second round. And the money they're spending on their core players is just stupid. Like, you have to do something. Yeah, and at one point you're going to be having your whole salary cap on like a freaking line of players and you still have no goalie. Like, I don't know if, if uh, Gibson does have that, that modified no trade clause. So I don't know if he would go to Toronto, but I I would see a team like Toronto wanting to, to kind of knock doors. Another one too, Mike, that a lot of people didn't really talk about and thought they're going to be in the bottom of the league, but they're, uh, I guess their coach, their crazy coach is, is whipping him in shape or something. But, um, uh, Tortson and the Philadelphia Flyers, yeah. third in the Metropolitan Division. They lost Carter Hart uh, off that uh, disgusting sex scandal thing that's gone, but they uh, they lost him. So they're they're relying on I forgot his name, but he was he was backing up him. Stole some games from Carter Hart because Carter Hart wasn't playing that well. But they, if they could really make some splashes in the trade deadline and, and really prove to be that they're kind of more than just a, a little fluke. But I mean, you're third in the in the Metro, you're not just a wild card team. So I, I could see them kind of trending up and maybe making a big move like that, bringing in Gibson. You have a stellar goaltender and you never know. You've seen teams that were in the bottom of the standings come up and win the Stanley cup, St. Louis blues. You've seen the Kings do it, uh, di- being down three games to none against the sharks, come back and win the whole Stanley cup. Um, once they beat the sharks, things can happen in hockey. It's unpredictable. Bringing in the right players, a player's getting hot. The team clicks, Boom, and you have uh, you have a Stanley Cup, and teams like that should be calling on them. So, uh, I, I mean, I, if if I were the GMs, if I were Verbeek, I'd definitely be listening to the offers, and I, I would I would consider just letting it go. Like I, I get it, letting go a goaltender like Gibson's caliber, even though he gets a lot of shit because his 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 goals against average and stuff. But what he does in the ice and what he has in front of him, it's just it, you you can't really blame him for that. It, it's you can't blame him when your team's sitting here with their shoulders down and not playing defense. So, I don't know. I, I, I want Gibson to be traded. Nothing against him. I do like him. I want him gone this offseason so we can bring more assets and he can actually have a chance to, to compete for a cup before his window closes. But I doubt it. I think they're so stuck on him. Yeah, I, that's the thing. I I I agree with you. I think that they should do it, but I, I could see him not getting moved. Uh, you, you know, you did bring up Philadelphia. Hey, the Ducks did trade with Philadelphia earlier this year. So even if it doesn't involve Gibson, you know, you never know. There could be something to that too. And like you said, Philly uh, is making some pushes. So I know uh, Jesse's happy with his team because they're, they're playing better this year than they have been recently. So uh, that's another one to keep an eye on. But yeah, uh, looking at this, something's got to change. They've got they've got to make some moves. They, they definitely, to me, they have to move Henrique. 
maybe make a couple other moves. They don't have to move a Toronto, but like you said, they could get a massive return and Gibson as well. So uh, those are the guys that, you know, the names that we've mentioned um, to look at and see. Uh, maybe there's some other minor things that are happening with the Ducks, but um, that's that's what I look at with this team is you got to get some bigger returns and, and get some more stuff going with this team. I would like some more offense. Uh, you know, you did mention uh, Cap uh, Capo Caco, uh, New York. Um, maybe that's a guy, like you said, Vetrano and him, some kind of move like that. Um, you know, looking at the the TSN list here, as we kind of kind of wind up our trade talk. The problem is a lot of these guys on this list are like UFAs and, and high amounts, and and you know that's not going to really work for the Ducks. Uh, and what they're trying to do, it, it, you know, bringing in somebody, unless unless they're, like I said, if they're able to offload a Fowler or a Gibson or someone's contract, you know, like that, which I, I don't know that they're going to be able to do it. So I don't look at them targeting a whole lot of, of, of these key players on these trade bait lists. I, I look at it as more like, hey, how can they build up this team and get them going next season? Because we know this season's lost. There's, there's nothing that's going to happen this season. So, um that that's really it. And that'll kind of kind of wrap it up uh, with the trade stuff. We had a little bit more league news too to talk about as we kind of kind of wind down the show. Uh, you did mention the Kings, Eddie, and uh, it's it's interesting with them. You're right. I don't I don't see the Ducks trading with them. Um, I'd have to look back. I, I don't know how many times the Ducks have traded with the Kings. I, I want to say it's been very very rare. But the Kings have been interesting because they had a horrible month in January and they fired their coach. And it's interesting. They're still in the mix. They're still up there in the you know in the Pacific trying to fight it out. Um, you've got Vegas, Edmonton, and Vancouver all in there as well. So you know they're still still there. But uh, I just thought it was interesting because you know everyone's talking about Cronin, and I hear people saying fire him. And the Kings had a bad month, and now you know Todd's out. I, I don't know. Like, what, what do you think? Do you, you think that? What happened there was was maybe not warranted, or like, oh yeah, they fired him. They should and 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 move on, or what? I, I don't know. I thought the Kings had a decent season, and yeah, they had a you know a bad month. But to boot him out after you know him being like, hey, he's like the top five or top ten coach this year. So I don't know. I just thought that was kind of crazy. I think I think uh, the whole uh, reality of it came came to fruition. You can't go. I mean, Talbot played really well, and the Kings were started off hot. Like Kings were probably looking like they're going to be in a contending to get the President's Trophy, but then their goaltending went to hell, and then they stopped scoring goals. You're paying Pierre-Luc Dubois a ton of money playing 18, no, I'm sorry, playing like 15 to 18 minutes on the third line, and he hasn't really contributed anything really. I mean, he's getting hot as of late, but I mean, he has to generate his own offense. He, he's on a, a low line, and I think the Kings and and Blake was kind of idiot, or they were idiotic to, and, and not just him, but I think a lot of players are teams that are idiotic when you trade for a player and offer him a huge contract. I mean, yeah, with Matthew Kachuk over there in Florida, that paid dividends uh, when they offered him that massive contract, which they didn't sign him to the contract. The Flames signed him to the contract and then traded him so he can get the max deal. But like, you have to get players time and know the system. And it kind of backfired for the Kings. It's still funny because it's the Kings, but as a hockey fan, it's actually sad to see. Sad to see someone lose their job because he, it seems like he lost the locker room. You have Dowdy at his press conference calling out players 
not specifically by name, but saying like, hey, people care about more of their personal stats than the two points they can they can earn each and every night. And that's what's that's what's the issue with the Kings. But the main thing too is goaltending that you can't. Uh, Cam Talbot, like I said, he it was like false hopes. Like everyone thought the Ducks were a playoff contending team, how they started, but you can't go in the playoffs with Cam Talbot and Riddick. Even Copley. Copley was a rare from uh phenomenal last season. And I, I told people too, like Copley's just a, a journeyman and yeah, he's playing lights out last season, but it's not gonna you can't you can't sustain that. I was wrong about Aiden Hill because Aiden Hill, before his injury, he came back to full force. But I still can't see that that kind of superstar caliber goalie out of him. So it's just the Kings, I guess, they had to do something to shake up their team. And I would say you know, I, I applaud them for that, especially they're in a playoff contention. They're, they're, they're going to be in the playoffs. That's no doubt about that. And if the Ducks were in the Kings situation right now and they brought in a new coach and they were – in that cusp of making the playoffs and, the, and they just started digressing so bad and just started going trending downward, I would say fire the coach too and bring someone else for new blood. But yeah, it's, I guess it sucks someone losing a job, but they had to do it. They played a little better, but they still need a lot of like, issues to work on uh, in, in their roster before they can make that next step. But it looks like the Kings went from kind of being that, that top team that's going to go to the Western Conference final to they're probably going to get smoked in the first round. If they make it to the second round, they're not going to go to the third. Yeah, they're sitting uh, right now like in the wild card area. So uh, it'll be tough for them to get. I mean, you, you got to get past, you know, Vancouver, Vegas, and Edmonton right now. I, I just don't see that happening with L.A. So it's going to be tough for them. Uh, another firing that happened uh, with Columbus, the Ducks, you know, just played them. But you had their GM. Uh, Yarmo uh, Kekalainen was fired, so that's another one. So you know, people are saying same thing. I you know, kind of going with the Verbeek thing too. People are like, oh man, we got to get rid of Verbeek and this, this, and that. Um, obviously, Columbus isn't doing well again. They're down there in the bottom, just like we are, looking at getting a top draft pick and whatnot. Uh, what did you think about this? Uh, do you think that this was the right move for Columbus? I mean, they're they're having a rough season. Uh, I mean, obviously a different situation. Um, you know, Verbeek's brand new with the Ducks. Uh, Kakalainen's been there for some time. But um, were you surprised by this? Or, you know, did you think it, this one was necessary? I think it was long overdue. I, I, I read a lot of the stuff online. Um, I, I, and I'm a nerd. I'm a hockey nerd. So I, I go and check out other other teams stuff and it seemed like a lot of fans were unhappy with his what he's done questionable moves that he's made and questionable moves he didn't make so um and i think the blue jacks are tired of being in the bottom i i think they're they want to take that next step and i mean you can't really take the next step when i mean there's only so many times you can fire a coach or trade a player or blame it's like sometimes you gotta do something drastic and, and hopefully it pays dividends for them. I never had an issue with the Blue Jackets team. Like they're, I, I you know, their fans are, are, I, I don't know. We never had a really a rivalry with them. So, um, yeah, I think it was a good move that they did. I think the, hopefully the fans are happy and hopefully they can bring that team. That's one team that if they won the cup or if they were in the cup final, I, I would cheer for. I, I think they, uh, they deserve it. Their fans over there. Um, so that's that's something that was kind of I guess long overdue. 
Yeah, and then they're going to try to, you know, uh, redo their team as well, and they're in the same boat trying to turn around. I'm with you. If they if they went far in the playoffs, I, I, I would root for them too. So I wish them the best of luck and see how they can, uh, you know, turn their, turn their season around, um, or probably not this year, but next year. Uh, last should, couple, uh, yeah. We should try to get uh, some of the podcasters that cover the Blue Jackets. Get them on the show. We can just talk about the bottom of the barrel, how how we cope with being <laughs> a bottom. I don't know if you heard, Mike. There is a, a podcast too. I guess they were joking about uh, Patrick Line about like yes. mental illness. That was actually disgusting. I, I can't. Yeah, it's like I had that humor. Because I was in the military and, and and I worked I did work in law enforcement, uh, cadet CSO kind of stuff. So I was around law enforcement and I mean that's a, that's the kind of coping mechanism you do, especially when you work high stress things like the military. You, you joke about things like that, but to say that in public about a player that came out and said he he needed mental health uh, help, that was kind of borderline disgusting. Right? You can't. Uh, that that was just wrong. It, it, I get it. It was a huge hiccup on their part, and I'm pretty sure. And I, I want to say, I hope in their heart that they just made a, a genuinely stupid error, and they didn't mean that. But that blew up like crazy. Like you have to, guys, be careful. Like I say a lot of stuff, and it might be taken the wrong way for some people that are really too sensitive. But I think fans that know me, part of the show, that follow me on Twitter, they know my heart and know my, you know, I just talk shit. When it comes down to like real life issues like that with someone's life or or anything like that, they know I have their back. So just it was just crazy to see that. But yeah, um, like I said, we should reach out to a different podcast, not that one, obviously. Yeah, uh, like, like other ones and, and do that. Yeah, I think that'd be cool for fans, too, if we start branching out and like, like you jumped on that other show with Toronto and just giving different fans different exp- like views from stuff and and we can talk about especially the bottom of the barrels minus chicago we're not gonna talk to them so screw them (laughs) it'd be cool to talk to blue like those blue jackets like like they've been in the bottom of the barrel for a long time buffalo if they have uh they have i'm sure they have podcasters too over there talk to them like we know what you're going through like holy crap let's just let's be depressed and talk hockey together and see what 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 we can do have a few drinks and say we can change the world and change our team and make them better so i think that'd be (laughs) fun moving forward yeah, no, for sure. It's definitely a good idea, man. You know, especially the teams that are in the same area that we are at, for sure. Um, just kind of wrapping it up, the the other thing, we you know, we started off talking a little bit about the All-Star um, stuff that had been going on. But now, you know, we, we also mentioned the Olympics because of the Miracle on Ice, that, you know, today's the anniversary. But the Olympics are back for the NHL. And the players are going to participate. I mean, kind of crazy, Eddie. Uh, so it looks like they're going to kind of have a, a mini thing going on in 2025. And then they're, they're going to be in the Olympics in 2026 and 2030. So, I mean, that's pretty cool. I mean, what, what do you think? You like that the players will be able to actually play in the Olympics and it's not just, you know, minor league or college? Yes and no. I'm kind of conflicted. I do like the, um, the old school. Great time to bring it up. The Miracle on Ice. I I do like the whole college and kind of non-professional players go and not in the NHL, but I think it'll be good for the players. I know a lot of players want to represent their country, and it'll be fun to see. And you know what? I'm more excited too, Mike, because in 2020 or yeah, 2026, 
No, no, 2030 in France. I have out here. Well, whenever they're in France to play those games, I'll, I'll, I will be there. I want to travel more and I'll make sure I'm there. But I think it's going to be something that we need. Something good for the game. And I like the Olympics too because when you do go to bars, like even that, that, that whole tournament that the, that the league put on when they had Team North America. I forgot what it was called. Do you remember what it was called, Mike, when they had that? They had people like representing their country and then they had like the Team North America. Oh, the World Cup. Right. They put That was phenomenal. Holy crap. I was at the bars with random people that never watched hockey that were watching it because it's like the World Cup. It's like soccer, the World Cup. People get nuts for that. I think it's going to grow the game, but the only thing I'm spectable about it, if let's say the Ducks or our contending team, we have McTavish going representing his country, and he'll be a superstar by then, and a Ducks captain, and he gets hurt, and then Ducks, and then Zauber gets hurt, or something like that. That's the only thing like, I have issues with, but at this point, I want something different. I want some international hockey. I, I want to be able to, to root for the countries. And, and see that I want to be able to go to bars and interact with people that don't like hockey and that are watching it for that. And I talk to them and explain the rules and then who, who knows they become fans. Like there's a guy, one guy I met at the bar I was watching the game and he's a hockey fan because of me and that's just, that that's a good feeling. I brought someone to a sport that I love that I made a, so many great friends including you. So that's going to be fun. Thing controversy or controversial, Mike, and I think people might get mad or whatnot, but I don't care. I think the league will be stupid and the Olympics will be dumb not to include Russia. All because of stupid war that's going on, all that bullshit. You're blaming athletes, you're blaming these kids, these under 18. I know they signed a, a petition to bring them to the World Juniors to bring them back, but you're not letting these people that that, that don't have any say what a dictator says and you're you're punishing them because of that. Like, what next? Like, if people come back from North Korea and those people escape there, and they come to 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 wherever, you're gonna punish them because of what Kim Jong Un is doing. Like, I think that's bullshit. I think it's like discrimination, and I think you have to let Russia represent their country and not just under this thing. Especially when the when the the the, the NHL is gonna host their own little. Oh, the U.S., Canada, Sweden, Finland, their little mini Olympic tournament thing. Uh, how many teams are they? Bring Russia. Let them let them flaunt their colors. You're not flaunting it for that dictator. You're flaunting it for these kids that work their ass off to get to that level. And they want to display that skill. And they want to show their love to their country. I mean, has the United States done things wrong? Of course. I still love my country. You guys still love your country. It's just, You can't blame... Failures of your country and and dictators that that do that on these kids and these athletes. So I think that you know we should just bring that and let just let the teams go. And I think it'll be great for everyone. We can just interact. I mean, hockey brings people together. So who knows? Maybe just stop the bullshit and and hockey will will fix everything. I guess that's my thing of it. Yeah, I mean, I like like you're talking about bringing in other fans. You know, maybe people that maybe they don't necessarily you know, dislike hockey, but maybe they just don't understand it, you know, and then, then they see these tournaments and, and they it gets them excited and pumped up. I mean, um, that's kind of how I feel with like soccer. I'm not a big soccer guy, but when I watch the international stuff, I get pumped up and I, I like to watch it and interact with people and whatnot. So I mean, maybe it could work for that. 
And yeah, like if players want to play from different countries, I mean, you it, it sucks because if the government or the president or who, or whoever it is that's in charge is doing stuff that obviously is, is not right, but then you've got people that want to play in something, that's tough because, you know, you, you don't want that government or whatever, like you're saying, you kind of like, hey, they're doing this, you don't want them in it, but then you've got these people that, I wouldn't. I don't know how to say it. Not necessarily innocent, but they're not. They're not the. They're not the. Um, the cause for the government actions, if that makes sense. They're. They're not um, doing the will of the government. You know. So you kind of want to let everybody have a chance. So that that's something that I would monitor too at these Olympics as well. But I am excited. I want to. I want to see it. Uh, see the players in there. Um, see what happens and see how it develops. And and they're going to do that instead of the All Star Game. Uh, during the Olympic years, so that's cool. And like you said, when they had the World Cup thing, that was cool too. So I think there's more positives than negatives to it. So I'm looking forward to this. I, I'm actually really happy to see this. So some good stuff, you know, that's coming down the pipeline. You've got uh, some more Stadium Series games that are coming up too. Uh, unfortunately, oh, Mike. Yeah. Just one more thing. Canada is probably going to win this this Olympics. Like they're thinking about their roster, who they have. They're they're just too stacked. It's just nuts. Like you, you're gonna have McDavid. You're gonna have um, uh, Crosby. Probably uh, Crosby will probably be on the third line. You have McKinnon. You have McCarr. I I think the issue with Canada is probably their goaltending, but they're gonna be. It's gonna be a fun tournament. I I'm looking actually looking forward to watching it. But holy crap! I guess when it comes closer to those times, we can start speculating on the rosters and stuff like that. But man, that's gonna be nuts. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Canada for sure would be a front runner. Absolutely. And you'll have um, live coverage too from uh, whatever Ducks are playing Olympics when I'm over there watching it in France. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, the only other thing that I just was finishing off the show with is just that there's going to be obviously more Stadium Series games, which is good. I like those. I, I watched the one with the Rangers and the Islanders. And that was a wild one um, with the Rangers winning that one in overtime looked like they were going to lose. So that, that was fun to see, but, but of course the winter Classics going to have the Blackhawks, our favorite team in there again. So th- that, that I was not really happy about, but, um, you know, I, I do like that they're doing the stadium series games. I pray one day, maybe we have a duck sharks one, you know, at a- angel stadium. Uh, I think that would be cool. Or even in San Jose or something. I don't know. I'd, I'd like to see one out here that doesn't involve the Kings. So, <laughs> wishful thinking, but um, that's really all I got uh, to wrap up the show, Eddie. I don't know if you had any little final comments or anything before uh, we close this one out. No, I'll just, uh, I mean, obviously you guys know how I feel with the Blackhawks, so I'm, I'll just skip on that. Um, yeah, I do mention the stadium series, uh, the Blue Jackets and the Red Wings are going to play. That's going to be fun um, for them. But yeah, Mike, you're right. I, I would love to see... The Ducks back in a stadium series. I mean, I, I know it's not the ideal weather over here in Southern California, um, but why not a neutral site? Like during COVID, when the Avalanche played Vegas, I think it was I want to say Lake Arrowhead or one of those lakes they played in. They built like a makeshift outdoor rink, like Mystery Alaska. That was, uh, Tahoe. That was, oh yeah, Lake. Okay, thank you, Lake Tahoe. That was amazing. That was fun. The jerseys were great. Both teams had great jerseys. Something like that. But you're right. I think stadiums, uh, a stadium series and uh, Angel Stadium will be really great. Uh, the freeway's right there, too. You're just driving by and seeing the hockey playing. 
But I don't think it's gonna happen anytime soon. Like Ducks get no love for some reason. I get it. We're a lower market team, but yeah, maybe when that OC vibe crap goes, that they'll probably do something different and and go from there. Uh, so yeah, looking forward to that. So um, yeah, I guess I'll just sign off before you close out, Mike. Saying I hope everyone has a a good year, a good time. I'll be on vacation next week, so. I think next time we'll talk is after the de- uh, the whole deadline. So fingers crossed that Ducks make some great moves and bring in some great assets and draft picks. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll we'll have some kind of coverage. Obviously, we'll definitely have a show recapping it. We'll be posting most likely articles or analysis when moves break down like we usually do. If we'll do a live show that day, I don't know. It might, might be difficult with our schedules. We'll, we'll kind of see how it is. But obviously, we'll definitely be posting the updates that day. Uh, and and then just lastly, you know, this uh, podcast we're part of the Old City Sports Network. Um, in the description box, there are our sponsors on there. Um, you can check out uh, one, for example, Norse Beards. Uh, you get a promo code twenty five percent off their beard products using uh, the letters O C S. So that's one of the sponsors on there. There's a bunch listed in uh, the description box down there. So. Uh, with that, you know, just uh, appreciate your support and listening. I know it's been rough. We'll still be here as, as the season progresses. And let's go, Ducks. <laughs>